All right, we are in week four of our series that we have called All My Attention, and we are just taking a little bit of inventory in our lives as we move into the fall season as to where all of our thoughts and our emotions and all of the time that we spend in our lives, are we giving it to God? Are we giving it to other things to have proper focus in our lives? Because we do want to uh, give our attention to God. And, and you know, as we've said, there's more and more people that are calling themselves not religious or no religious affiliation. And, and by extension, they're saying, you know, I'm not a worshiper. But everybody's a worshiper. Humans are created to worship, and we will give our attention. We will give the center of our lives. We will give the first place of our lives to something. But it is only God that deserves our worship. It is only God who deserves that rightful place of affection and attention. And then all of our life should flow from that place, that we're giving our heart and our lives and our worship to God so that we get our lives ordered correctly. Uh, the word worship or praise just means honor, reverence, worth, respect, admiration, or devotion. And as we have been going through this series, we should be asking ourselves this question, wh where does all of my respect to go to? Where does all my admiration go to? To what am I devoted most? Because it should be God and his word and his ways and his thoughts for our lives. And when we think about worship, we think about there is a divine action that God has done something for us. And the songs that we sang this morning remind us of that, that God has done something for us in Christ. And then our response or the proper response should be worship, living a life of worship. Um, worship is a foundational impulse built into all human beings and will be expressed in some way. It's gonna be expressed toward created things or to its ordained focus, to God himself. Taking inventory, where does my worship go? Where does my attention go? We've been talking about thoughts and emotions and we'll talk about some of these things today. The opinion of others. This is a big one for us to get um, you know, distracted with in our lives. What do other people think about me? How many likes am I getting online? Am I getting likes or am I getting bad comments? Or what's happening with me in my life? And what does somebody else think versus what is God saying to me? What's what are the circumstances in my life? Because many people will look at circumstances and extract from circumstances the will of God. And now God is not communicating to you his will through circumstances, God is leading you by his spirit. The, the scripture talks about this in Romans chapter eight, that those that are, are led, the sons and daughters are gonna be led by the spirit of God. So God is leading us by his spirit, not by circumstances. So we can't take circumstances, good or bad, or anywhere in between, and give all of our attention to that and try to figure out, oh, what is God telling me through this? No, we want to be led by his spirit. The first week we read the story of the golden calf, how Moses was up on the mountain receiving the, the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai and getting all these instructions from God. And the children of Israel who had come through the Red Sea had seen all these miraculous things take place, got impatient, and then they created a God and started to worship. And this is a description of human nature in, perfect, in a perfect sense. We will do this. This ancient story tells us what we are all like. We're either gonna 
hear from on high what God is saying to us or we're gonna create something and then give our attention to that created thing. The first week we talked about magnifying God. What are we making large in our lives? Because God is the biggest and most powerful, but are we magnifying other things? The second week we talked about pride versus humility. And then last week we talked about our words and how there's death in life and the power of the tongue. And we can either be a complainer or we can be a praiser. And it, it will dictate where our life goes. God wants us to walk in his will, but we can get in such a big habit of being a complainer. This could, we could just be giving all of our attention to being a critic of our lives and circumstances and other things versus being a praiser, which has us being rested in the will of God, the thoughts of God, the ways of God. So we, we talked about that last week. So if you missed any of those messages, they are available on our website and then they are available through our podcasts. All right, so today we're gonna be talking about our whole lives, worshiping God with our whole life. Uh, a very famous, familiar portion of scripture here in Romans chapter 12 says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. I'm just gonna read you um, those same verses here in the message paraphrase. I didn't have this on the screen, but you can just listen. So this is the message paraphrase of the first few verses there of Romans chapter 12. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit right in even without thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. A great paraphrase there helps us to understand all of these things. So when we see here in these verses that we're by God's mercy, that we're supposed to present our bodies, our lives that we just read there, our, our, we'll call it our regular life, our non-Sunday life. And it, it's very easy for preachers and teachers like myself um, in, in different groups to be like, you know, church services are the be all end all of life. That God is really gonna move in a church service, but the rest of your life, we don't know. We don't know what God's gonna do in your life, but at church, God's really gonna move. And somehow that God is relegated to this building and is only interested in what happens in, in the contents of a church service. And like I've said before, there's very little um, information in the New Testament as to what, should be, what church services should be comprised of, but there's a whole lot about our lives that we, the every day, all of us. And so we don't wanna just do spiritual things or quote unquote spiritual things on Sunday. I'm gonna worship God. I'm gonna listen to a Bible verse. I'm gonna listen to a sermon. And then I'm gonna go live my life separate from all of those things. No, we're supposed to be offering our whole lives to God or every day or every moment can be lived in such a way that it's a worship to God. And God, thank God, can show up at any moment in our lives by his spirit that he can show up in our relationships, he can show up in our homes, he can show up in blessings. We, I was talking to some pastors this week and reminded of this, God can show up in some suddenlies. 
that suddenly God does something in our lives. And that's just a great thing to think about. And all of these things just don't happen in church services. They, they, we are supposed to think about my whole life is lived for God. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that, we, that God doesn't give us what we deserve because of all of the mistakes that we've made and all of the things that we've done wrong. God is so merciful to us. Aren't you thankful for God's mercy? Yeah. Amen. Because without God's mercy, we would really be in trouble. We would be hopeless in every sense of the word. But because of God's mercy, we can do this. We can present our bodies a living sacrifice. Our bodies, our lives. Someone said this, and it's so true. The problem with the living sacrifice is that it keeps wanting to crawl off the altar. Now, in the Old Testament, they would bring animals, the Old Covenant. They would kill these animals, cut them, and do certain ritual practices with them, and then offer these animals as an offering to God. And we can read about all of these things in the Old Testament. But here, this is a living sacrifice. I'm still alive. God is not asking you to die for him. He actually wants you to live for him that Jesus has died for us, that we can live and walk in the goodness of God. But here, presenting our lives, he's done so much for us, but then by God's mercy, he's wanting us then to present our bodies, our life. Not just a, an hour or an hour and a half on Sunday, or not just the time when I'm having quiet time, reading the Bible and praying that our, that our whole lives should be lived in such a way that they are worshiped to God. A sacrifice, we talked about this. A sacrifice just means you're, you're using it for God and not for something else. I'm sacrificially living my life in the ways of God instead of to the dictates of culture. What are the ways that God wants me to live? How does God want me to live in relationships? And how does God want me to live on the job? We're gonna talk about some of these things today. That as I live out through obedience, I am sacrificing something that I might want to do or some other way that would be offered to me and I would be living my life in worship to God. A living sacrifice, it's wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse two, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind, that our mind would be changing. And that by testing, you may discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So all of what I do through obedience is sacrificial living to God. Singing, yes, we should sing and we should worship when we gather. It's important to worship. But our worship doesn't end when the church service ends. In one sense, it's just beginning. That I'm gonna offer my every day to God. So in these verses, we see three different things, that we would present our bodies, that we, our minds would be renewed, and then we would discern what the will of God is. So we're going to talk about these three things. So th these three things, we can live sacrificially or we can live as worship to God, presenting our body. So everything that we do can be worship to God. Number one, body. Colossians chapter three, verse 17 says this. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, 
do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. Whatever we do, whatever we say, we're gonna do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's all of our stuff, right? So there's a way that God is asking us to live in submission to him. And when we live that way, our lives are a worship to him. Colossians chapter one, verse 15 says this, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, that's us, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. All things that are created are for him. Your life is for God. That we would live out the will of God. Now think about that. When we live out the will of God, we're gonna bring positive change everywhere we go. We were talking about that with these kids that are up here. It's so easy to just, like Romans 12 said, just uh, fit into the culture and be just like everybody else. But if we're living according to the ways of God, we're just going to live differently. I remember when I was working downtown for a while when I was um, 19 and 20, right in between uh, when I was going to university. And when I started this job, I was super excited to be downtown. And, and the job that I had was a very simple job. It was a messenger that I would take things from one place and I would deliver it to another place. And this is back in the day, we had no cell phones. We had pagers. It was amazing. And so when our office needed us, they would page us. And so I just thought this was a pretty simple job. So I would just get the thing and I would take it to somewhere else and I would come back to work. I just thought this is what you were supposed to do. And then I had one guy uh, say, hey, come here, I wanna talk to you for a second. He's like, you just need to slow down. You don't have to go so fast. Take your time, stop and get a coffee. In other words, he was saying, if you're gonna do this fast, you're gonna make the rest of us look bad because the rest of us are just loafing on this job. So he was just, and I wasn't trying to put anybody down. I just thought this was the job, you're gonna do the job. And this is the way living for God might be like, that we're just gonna do things differently. We're gonna operate in different ways. And somebody might feel condemned, even though we're not condemning them, that the way we live is going to be different, that you would stand out in your friendships, that you would stand out on the job because you're living for God and working for God. And we're gonna read about that here in a second. So in all of these things that we're gonna be obedient to God. And so as I take inventory of my life, as I do, as I'm wanting to do, as we go through this series, I, I wanna be walking it out with you. Here's the areas of my life that I'm doing things. I'm husbanding, being a husband to my wife. I'm doing husband stuff. So I need to give attention to being a good husband. Right, babe? Amen, she's all for that. <laughs> I'm fathering. You know, I have an 18 and a 22-year-old and it's not, I'm not fathering exactly like when they were babies or toddlers or teenagers, that there's a different season and so I, I want to do that well. And when I do that in obedience to God, I'm worshiping God. 
Because sometimes we think about, oh, I'm, it's just when I'm singing at church, that's worship. No, we're presenting our bodies. We're presenting our whole life, and this is our spiritual worship. That everything I do in the body can be worship to God. Pastoring. I want to pastor well. I want you to have a relationship with God. I just don't want you to like me. I, listen, I'm thankful if, if you like me. I'm thankful that you do. And if you don't, I still love you. But I don't know why you're here. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, from my heart, I want you to have a relationship with God through Jesus. Because I know how important that is. <clears throat> He has abundant life for you, not me. I'm pointing you to Jesus every Sunday, pointing you to God. I want you to have a true and honest, genuine relationship with God. So this is, as I'm pastoring, I feel like that is a good thing. I think pointing you to Jesus and not me worships God. Honestly, I do. This is what I'm doing. And then I'm working. Every day as I'm coming to the church, I'm working, I'm spending time preparing to do all of the things that we're doing as a church for children and and young people and adults and all of that. I'm working so that all of you can be moved closer to Jesus and people who would come in who don't know Jesus, that they can discover a relationship with God. And I love to do that. And then finally, I think this this is all of the categories of my life is that I'm friends with people. I'm friending. And so as I'm, a, as I'm a friend with somebody, there's a way to be a friend that worships God. And there's a way to be a friend that isn't worship, that's just selfish, that's just uh, fitting into the culture, that's just doing all these different things and it's all about me. But hey, if I'm going to be in true friendship with somebody, there's a reciprocity that goes on in any good godly relationship. And so all of these things that I just read, there is scriptures and then there is ways for me to do those things. And all of the areas of your life, there's scriptures, there's ways, there's teaching for you to do those things. And when you obey those things, that's worship, presenting our bodies, a living sacrifice, not relegating my Christianity or a following Jesus to a church service. And my whole life is lived to worship God. But here's the deal for us, that there's gonna be things competing in those areas. Our desires that can become lust in our bodies. Does anybody, do you know what lust is? I mean, sometimes we just relegate it to sexual things, but lust is just a really strong desire. And our body has strong desires. Can I get an amen? Anybody out there? And those strong desires, man, they can take us into areas that we never would have imagined that we would have gone. And when our lives, when our attention is just given to the desires of our body, the desires of our flesh, and there's no checkpoints, there's no, no, not beyond this spot. Our our body is talking loud to us. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If you've ever done any, any fasting of any kind, even just for like eight, 10 16 hours a day, your body is screaming at you. 
Has anyone fasted? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? What is your body yelling at you? Feed me. <laughs> and that's just one area of our body. Our body just wants it to be about the body and satisfying it, satiating it. But God is wanting us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And it doesn't mean that we don't do those things, that we just don't get lust taking over our lives with our bodies. Because we've all known somebody in all these different ways that our body has really strong desires, has ruined their life because of lust, lust of the flesh. But instead of that, what are we gonna do? We're gonna present our bodies. And this will be a daily challenge, friends, a daily challenge. It's not gonna go away. Your flesh is not gonna stop talking to you. That we think, you know what? My flesh is saying this, but I'm gonna worship God instead with my body. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 20 says this. For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body, a living sacrifice, that we would live to God. Colossians chapter three, verse 22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters. So let's pause for a second. So this is, you know, one of the controversies about the Bible today is like, why doesn't the Bible come out explicitly against slavery, that slavery is wrong? And we would all say, amen, slavery is wrong. And, and the slavery that we are aware of, uh, specifically in North America, is race-based slavery or sexual slavery that's going on. Now, the slavery that we abhor, which we all should abhor, and which I just said, is not the same slavery as being described here in these verses. Slavery here in the New Testament was indentured servitude, which basically just means somebody who owed a great debt, debt could sell themselves of their own choice to somebody and say, I'm going to work for you for five years to pay off this debt. So this was the term slave and master. And again, this has meant something else in our modern times, but that's not what is being discussed here in these verses. Does that make it any clearer? So it was more of a financial arrangement. And these slaves in the scripture, in the New Testament, would go home at night to their families. They wouldn't be owned, as it were, or looked down upon, or, all, or, or misused and abused and all the different things that we can think about in slavery in recent history in North America, all right? So the Bible is not for slavery. Can I get an amen? amen? So the words, though, being used, again, are confusing to us because of this thing, this indentured servitude, this me paying off a debt. So it's basically talking about a job that you are working for somebody that you have offered yourself to this person as an employee. And just, it's just called slaves and masters here in the New Testament. Does that help anybody today? It should help you. Slaves, or we could say, employees, obey your employer in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you. Not, when you're, not just when your boss is watching you. Are you out there today? <laughs> to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. So I'm not working just so my boss can see me. You know, like you're there and you're talking, blah, 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 and the boss shows you up and like, oh my gosh, this is so, it's a hard problem I'm working on. They walk up there and he's like, yeah. 
No, we're not just doing that. We're not just doing to be to please in their eyes or get their favor. We're doing it from the heart, with sincerity of the heart. And I'm doing it as reverence for God. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So the job that you are working at inside of the home or outside of the home, how are we working? Not just for whatever your boss's name is. That's not just who you're working for. You're working for the Lord. You're not just working when somebody's watching you. Can I get an amen? We're working for the Lord. So this time that I'm saying that I'm honoring a commitment or a contract, these eight hours or these 10 hours or this four hour shift, that I'm working for so-and-so and such-and-such company, that's true. But for us as followers of Jesus, we're gonna work as unto the Lord and this will be worship. Can I get an amen? So that takes your day up a notch. Oh, I'm going to work today. Another day, another dollar. <laughs> Into the rat race. I'm going to work for God today. That will make your job, regardless of what it is, that will make your job better. If you put your heart into it, go beyond your job description. Promotions are in your future. If you, do, if you do the bare minimum, this is good advice for everybody today. If you do the bare, much beyond my job description, well then just stay right where you are. But I'm, I'm working for the Lord. You and I are working for the Lord. Amen. My dad is very happy in this moment, let me just tell you. <laughs> All right, our bodies and then our minds that our minds would be renewed. Psalm 19, verse 14. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer, the meditation of my heart. What I'm thinking about. We've touched on this a little bit every week. We have to think about what we're thinking about and specifically that the meditations of my heart, what I'm planning to do, what I'm thinking about, is this going to glorify God? Now, just if we stop there for a second, we've all made mistakes in life, right? And before we made those stupid decisions, if we had just paused and said, you know, is this gonna glorify God? How much pain would this have saved us? How much pain would this have saved other people? The meditation of my heart. What am I thinking about? What is processing around in my mind and my emotions? I want it to be pleasing in your sight, Lord. You're not a nothing. You're not a nobody. You're not unimportant. So don't think those thoughts. You are precious to God. 
you are his child. Any parents in the room, think about that for a second, how precious your children are to you. God is way beyond that. He's the God of the much more. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the heavenly father? Come on now. Don't meditate on those things. That I would be thinking thoughts pleasing to God. Mark 12 verse 28 says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your soul and your mind and with all your strength. Love God with your mind, what you are thinking about. That what you're thinking about can be an act of worship. Just even if we put into practice what I said a second ago about how we work on the job. If we think about that and act on that, it could revolutionize our lives. Uh, change, because I mean, you're working a lot, right? Aren't you working a lot? Working, and if you're working outside the home and you're working inside the home, that's a lot of hours of work. Those are not wasted hours. Those are worship moments even without you singing. They are an offering to God. See, we need a a filter for our thoughts because you need to be the gatekeeper for the thoughts in your mind. Thank God that we have one. Philippians chapter four, verse eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned and received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, if we are tormented and sad and depressed all of the time. We are not being a good gatekeeper of our thoughts. Here is the grid. Here's the filter through which we say yes or no to thoughts. Is this thought worth thinking about? We just read a bunch of things there. Is it those things? If it's not those things, don't spend days, moments, hours thinking about it because we're disrupting our own peace because we see here a controlled mind leads us to peace. A disturbed mind, a tormented mind, a mind that rehearses the negative and negative and thinks about it and thinks about it and thinks about it. I had an interaction with somebody um, the other day, and if you've ever done this, and then you wish you had said something else, but you didn't think about it till afterwards, right? And then I just kept thinking about it. And then I'm like, this is stupid. I can't actually go back and change the past. But for a little while there, I had no peace because I was just rehearsing this conversation. I should have said this. Because for me, I'm like, I would have won the argument. (laughs) 
And I hate losing arguments. And I was right. <laughs> Man, let's filter our thoughts. And then finally this, we're finished with this. Our will. So when those verses in Romans talked about our bodies, our mind, and then our will, that we would be yielding our will to the will of God. This is how Jesus lived his life. He said, I only do that which the Father shows me, that he lived perfectly yielded to the Father. What about us? Isn't that a good idea for us? Here, Jesus going to the cross, and we would call this a prayer of commitment. That we would be committing our ways to the ways of God. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. This is Jesus just before he's about to go to the cross. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he said, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it, be, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Desires, desirous of the ways of God for my future. Now we don't apply this phraseology to other things, other promises in the word of God that are explicit and clear that in Christ are yes and amen, but specifically but about the plans of God for our future. That we can make plans, that we can think, oh, this and this, and I'll do this. And maybe this, and I'm not sure about this, but maybe this choice. But here, Jesus yielded perfectly to God. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We talked about that a second ago. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done about the specific plans and purposes for Jesus' life, for him to go to the cross. God, I'm desiring your will. Then he came back again and found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once again more and prayed the third time saying the same thing. And what is the same thing? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And this should be our heart posture, not just on Sunday, not just for a worship service, but as a daily heart posture as a good daily beginning of our thoughts and our intentions and our prayer moments. God, I want your will. I desire your will for this day. I want to live my life in worship to you. I present my body to you. 
I present my life to you. I, I present my thoughts to you. I present my will and I yield it to you. And that life of obedience worships God. Let's just pray this morning. Father God, we just thank you for your goodness today. We pray, Lord, today like Jesus, and we say, nevertheless, Lord, not our will, but yours be done. We don't let opinions of others, we don't let circumstances dictate our ways and our choices, but we look to you for your plans, your desires, your ways for me. I give myself to you, I give my work, I give my relationships to you. God, help us to honor you with every moment of our day. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you kind of feel like you don't have a relationship with God at all, the good news is all about Jesus, that he came to provide one for you. The scripture says, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. And what happened when Jesus was sent, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, God raised him from the dead. And because of all of that happened, that we can actually have a relationship with God for ourselves. We don't have a relationship with God because we're perfect or perfectly moral because we aren't. And God is a perfect, holy God. We can't create some sort of religion and offer that to God. God has come down to us in Jesus and he offers us righteousness. And that just means right standing with God. And all we have to do is say yes today. So if you are here and you have never done that before, or if you're here this morning and you feel like at one time in your life, you were really close to God, but you've wandered away because of any thousand possible reasons, you know that God is not mad at you this morning. God invites you close to himself again. So if you are in one of those two categories today, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me. The church is gonna pray along with you so you don't have to feel embarrassed today, but let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. And let's pray this out loud together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So I say yes to that relationship today. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I turn from my ways and I choose to follow yours. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, that's awesome. If that's you today, we celebrate with you. If you said yes to Jesus today or you rededicated your life to Christ, we would love to know about that. In fact, we have some materials that we would love to give to you that will help you on your journey of faith. This is just a one-time moment of saying yes to Jesus, but the life of following Jesus is an everyday thing like we've talked about today. So if you let them know at the info desk uh, that you said yes to Jesus today, they will be giving you some materials that will help you on that journey. If you're watching us online today and you said yes to Jesus for the first time, or you rededicated your life to Christ, if you just email us at info at thecitychurch.ca, we will get those same materials into your hands. 
And also, if you're visiting today, don't forget to fill out that Connect card. We have a gift for you. Uh, We're so glad that you are here with us this morning. All right, as we celebrated earlier in the the service with all of our kids going back to school, we're calling this grad day and what grad day is all about. Some kids, we know your kids are going to all different grades or different years in university or college. And just like in City Kids, sometimes kids are gonna be moving up to a different classroom. So today is all about if, if your child is moving up to a different classroom as you pick them up this morning, we're asking that you would go take them into the new classroom so that next Sunday when you show up or the Sunday after that, uh, they'll already be familiar with their new classroom setting. They'll have a chance to see what's going on in that classroom. This is kind of a good idea uh, for your kids so they're not shocked the next time they come to church. So that'll be a great thing to do as you pick up your kids today. And then also, we've got some food out there. We've got some fun. And then for everybody, even if you don't have kids, we don't want to leave you out. There's popsicles in the lobby for you. It's a nice hot weekend for popsicles. So let's all stand up together today. Thank you for coming to church this morning. Have a great afternoon. You are dismissed.